Welcome to Insight Briefs, an attorney discussion podcast. On behalf of Wealth Council, this is Patrick Carlson, and joining us today is Valerie Peterson, CEO of Elder Council. In addition to serving as CEO, Valerie also serves as an instructor for several Elder Council educational courses, including their Elder Law Immersion and Practice Building Camp. Valerie has also taught for the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, the Academy of Veterans Pension Planners, and for various state bar associations and estate planning councils. Today we're going to be talking about common misconceptions about elder law and how to add elder law to your practice. Thanks for being here today, Valerie. Thank you, Patrick. It's my pleasure. Well, let's start let's start at the beginning. You know, what is elder law? Honestly, sometimes it depends on who you ask. We happen to believe that it is defined by the people that we serve. And we include seniors and their loved ones, people with disabilities and also wartime veterans. These are all members of the population who have very particular needs because of their health issues or because of what has happened through the aging process where they typically need more care than someone who is younger or who does not have the same type of disability. So what are some of the common misconceptions surrounding elder law? Because I think a lot of our listeners, including myself, before I got ready for today's podcast with you, uh, I had sort of a different idea about what elder law even was. Oh, gosh. Yes, there are several. Sometimes people think that it's just for old people. That that's And it's reasonable to think that, given the term elder law. And we've actually played around with different ways to describe what we do. But that's a big misconception is it's only for old people or that it's only for people who don't have, who are of limited means, who don't have a lot of resources. Another common misconception is that elder law attorneys only engage in Medicaid planning, meaning we help people obtain Medicaid benefits to help pay for their long-term care. And that's why we try to get people back to the definition of the elder law and really keep it focused on the people that we serve, the people of the population that we serve, because as we go through the aging process, our needs change pretty dramatically. And not just our health care and our financial needs, but our legal needs change as well. And as we age, the focus often becomes how do we find and pay for appropriate long-term care. And that is a big part of what elder law attorneys do is we help clients plan for the possibility of needing long-term care. And that can be somebody who is who is a little bit older, or that can be a young person who is suffering from some type of disability that could require long-term care or significant care in the future. What we know from statistics is that the unpaid caregivers, which are typically a spouse or a family member, lose thousands of dollars over their lifetime trying to provide care to a family member. Employers lose millions of dollars from these unpaid family members taking PTO and having to miss work, being late for work, having to leave early to take care of either a spouse's medical needs or because they are providing care. So if we as elder law attorneys can help members of this population, our seniors, our wartime veterans, uh, our people with disabilities of any age, if we can help them plan for what's coming or what could come down the road, what we know is they're going to make better decisions about the type of care that they can afford and can access. 
and many times we are able to keep them from having to qualify for Medicaid or for veterans benefits because they're educated early on. Doesn't mean that we still don't have to engage in crisis planning, which gets a lot of attention. That's Medicaid planning that has to be done in a hurry because somebody is already in a facility, they can't go home, and they're going to run out of money. That certainly is part of what we do. Uh, but we also help people with guardianships. They are, have become incapacitated, and there's nobody who's legally able to make decisions for them. Uh, it can mean a lot of things. There's a lot of natural overlap, even with estate planning. Uh, sometimes we are doing estate planning, but with a different angle, because we have somebody with a disability or somebody who is a little bit older and has different needs. So there's certainly a lot of practice areas that help define elder law, but again, we keep people focused on the population that we serve and the clients that we serve. And I know that was a long-winded answer for misconceptions, but they are uh, very closely related. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think it makes a lot of sense to hear about the breadth of the area. I mean, it's much broader than I thought it would be once I first started getting exposed to it. Um, and one of the things that it made me think about was the types of attorneys that are attracted to this area. Obviously, uh, you know, we all are familiar with how, you know, the, the personal injury attorney, the divorce attorney, the typical estate planner, the tax lawyer. Uh, do you, as the uh, CEO of, El of Elder Council and through your work teaching all of the courses, you probably get to interact with a lot of different lawyers uh, that are in this area. What, what do you see as some of the common reasons they get involved in it? I would say the most common reason is from personal experience. That happens to be how I got in, involved in this area as well. We have experienced firsthand caring for an elderly loved one or caring for a loved one with a disability and have seen firsthand how that can be financially devastating to a family. It can be emotionally devastating to the family, especially with a sudden illness. So we do see a lot of attorneys who choose to add this area because of their personal experience. Others just have a natural affection for the group of members that we serve and recognize that they are a segment of our population that needs very specialized help. The, the day of the general practitioner, in particular in the areas of seniors, wartime veterans, people with disabilities, it's really doing a disservice to this particular segment of our population because there has to be specialized knowledge. So a lot of attorneys just have a natural uh, pull toward this area because they want to help people in that situation. They know all of us are going to get older. But unfortunately, we can't stop that. And a disability could strike any of us at any time. We can walk across the street and get hit by a car and be permanently disabled and our life changes in an instant. So again, we see a lot of attorneys enter into it for that reason. And then it's also a natural extension to an elder or to an estate planning practice. Estate planning attorneys have clients who are aging. They have even wealthy clients who a loved one is struck with a disability suddenly, either through uh, hereditary or genetic means or because they're in some type of accident. So it is just, it is a need that so many members of our population have, and many attorneys are really coming to realize that this is a big area of our population that needs specialized help. So it sounds like one of the things that 
attorneys that are in this area would probably struggle with would be how do they build their client bases? Because it seems like it's such a different practice area from the ones that so many other attorneys are engaged in. What are some of the basic things that attorneys that are having success in elder law, what are they doing to attract clients? With estate planning attorneys, again, because it is such a natural fit, many of them have success going back to their existing client base and saying, hey, let's come, let's talk and see if where you are in your life, if your needs have changed, whether we need to upgrade your existing plan because of any life changes that have happened or changes with your health or changes with your finance. And they might do that by way of a workshop or an open house or simply a letter campaign that goes out to their existing client base. And that's a great way to get started in that area if you have an existing client base like estate planning attorneys do. Those who are kind of starting from scratch or who maybe don't have a big existing client base, we have found that going out into the community and giving presentations, even just educating the community about what elder law is, a lot of what we've talked about today, and what elder law attorneys do. Because every attorney who adds this practice has to educate their own community about how attorneys can help members of that population, seniors and their families, wartime veterans, people with disabilities. So we always encourage our, our attorneys who are elder council members to get out in the community and really educate the marketplace. The same is true for referral sources. Just because they are a financial advisor uh, or someone who has worked with seniors in the past doesn't mean they understand how elder law attorneys can help those clients. So it's really important to get out and start building relationships with people who are sitting in the living rooms of seniors, with people who are working directly with them, like nursing home administrators or assisted living facility administrators or caregivers for that matter, home health agencies as well. So it's not a whole lot different than other practice areas, especially estate planning where you're out talking to people in the community, making relationships. It's just focused on a different segment and those professionals who are directly working and interacting with seniors, people with disabilities or wartime veterans. Great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Um, as we move towards the end of today's episode, what is your advice for attorneys that are thinking about venturing into elder law, thinking about starting an elder law practice? Right. First of all, I would ask them to consider whether they're already doing it. You know, are they already interacting and giving advice to people who are, who are older or to family members who are caring for an elderly relative? Are they giving advice to people who have a disability or to a wartime veteran? If that's the case, are you really equipped to provide the, the best advice you know, possible? So the first question is, are you already doing it? And if you are, great. It's not too late, though, to really dive into this area and get all the tools and the education you need to give them the best possible advice. If you're not already practicing in this area, if you're in a completely unrelated area, I would just ask you to consider what advice would you want your parents to receive or your grandparents? And would you be the one, would you enjoy interacting with that group of our population? And if so, this is such a great and rewarding area to be in. If you enjoy getting hugs, if you enjoy getting homemade brownies you know, brought to you, if you enjoy a, a family that is just incredibly grateful for the help that you've given, Elder Law is a wonderful place to practice. 
Well, thank you for that, Valerie. Thank you for joining us today. Um, And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Insight Briefs. Um, This podcast has been brought to you by Wealth Council. Please be sure to visit wealthcouncil.com slash podcasts to join the conversation, access today's show notes, and learn more about our guest, Valerie. Thanks. Thank you.